Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to Amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and TalkStreamLive.com. If you'd like to send me an email, you can always do that right here to my studio. The email address is studio at TV.com on all social media sites, TV. And don't forget, you can always join our Exxon Radio group on Facebook, by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash X Zone Radio Show. And our website, simple, plain, and easy, xzoneradio.com. 
to my producer in uh, Sydney, Nova Scotia, the one and only Amanda Kern. Hey, Amanda, nice having you with us tonight, as always. My producer here in studio, Craig, my ZZ Top lookalike. What a guy. What a show we have for you lined up tonight. Uh, my first guest is uh, Boyd C. Purcell. He's board-certified chaplain, national board-certified counselor, a licensed professional counselor, and an ordained Presbyterian minister. Educationally, he has a Bachelor of Science degree in Comprehensive Social Studies. He also has a Master of Arts degree in Counseling, a Master of Divinity degree in Biblical Studies, and a Doctor of Philosophy degree in the Integration of Psychology and Theology. His experience, well, he has over 40 years of experience in counseling, agency, clinical, pastoral, psychiatric, hospital, school, substance abuse, private practice, teaching counseling courses in the counseling department of Marshall University Graduate College, and he's also a chaplain, providing spiritual care at the end of life for hospice patients. Boyd is also the author of the five-star rated book on Amazon, Spiritual Terrorism, Spiritual Abuse from the Womb to the Tomb, and Christianity Without Insanity for the Optimum Mental, Emotional, Physical Health. Joining me now is Boyd Purcell. And Boyd, always great having you with us. How are you? And uh, what's new in the world of Boyd Purcell? Well, it's good to be with you again and be able to share on your uh, popular radio show. I recently attended a conference in Denver, Colorado, just last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, called the Forgotten Gospel Conference. Very interesting. Some great speakers there. So t- tell us what happened there. What was it all about? Why was the conference uh, formed? Well, the conference was to bring together uh, writers who written books on Christian universalism, as well as people just interested in the subject, uh, church members who were there. This was at the... Uh, Sanctuary Church in Denver, uh, pastored by Peter Hyatt, and um, he has come to lead universal salvation. He was canned by a Presbyterian church uh, for believing in too much love and grace and mercy, as I was in another denomination before becoming a Presbyterian. Uh, So uh, there were some really great speakers there. The principal speaker was uh, William Paul Young, who you might know, or listeners will know him as the author of the book, The Shack. That book has sold over 14 million copies, so a very, very popular book. And it really is about universal salvation. With today's society and all the negativity around, how can this conference help the people who really need the help, and that's we the people? Well, it really brought together pastors who helped to reinforce each other. It was a good time of fellowship, uh, teaching, learning, and then how we could help other people. And I took uh, several hundred pieces of literature with me, which I've written, and uh, passed those out, shared them. People were glad to get them. I received information from other authors, and the whole purpose is to help to reach the world, to help change it, because the world has been so divided by religion. It's been so hurt historically. And I have said that religion, fear-based religion versus love-based religion, right. has been the most divisive and destructive force in the history of the world, and still is even as we speak. When you look at all that's going on with ISIS and the world and other uh, religious people killing people in the name of God, thinking they're doing the will of God by murdering people. Are they doing the will of God? Because God has a history oh. of killing people. Well, absolutely not, in my view, but, you know, if you take a very literalistic approach to understanding the Bible, reading and understanding the Bible, 
or the Holy Quran or other literature, uh, you can find that God, if you take it literally, did an awful lot of horrible things. In fact, God comes off as being the cosmic moral monster. But I believe that God didn't do those things. Terrible things happened, but people in the world in ancient history, and many still today with this modern enlightenment of science and medicine, uh, people believe that anything they don't understand, God did. So if there's a hurricane or a tornado, a flood, or uh, whatever terrible thing happened, if they uh, went to war, and if they won the war, God gave them the victory. If they lost, God caused them to lose it. Uh, so God's always getting uh, credited with whatever they did that was bad, or if anything bad happened, they blamed it on God. They said God did it. Uh, so it's still happening today. Well, uh, well, but well, if we take a, a more metaphorical approach to interpreting sacred uh-huh. literature, then we find God to be a much different person. Well, what about what about the flood, the great flood, when he destroyed all life on this planet except for the two-by-two two in the ark and Noah's family? What about Sodom and Gomorrah? What about all the Egyptians that he killed? You know, uh, this isn't a metaphor. This is the word. Well, if you take it literally, but take it, I'm glad you mentioned the Great Flood, because there is a flood story in every culture, at least of which I'm aware. Uh, so there may have been one Great Flood, but if there was, God didn't do it to kill billion, millions of people because it was so sinful, because I don't believe that story is literally true for the sake of God, because it makes God look like a fool. For example, we're told that God is omniscient, and he has all knowledge, including foreknowledge, so God would have known before he created anyone, the first person, that the descendants, if he allowed them to have free will, could sin. In fact, all would sin. But God was blindsided, apparently, if you take a literal uh, interpretation of the Bible, because he said, oh my goodness, I've created these people and they sin so badly, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill everyone except eight people, and then I'm going to repopulate the earth with them, not realizing, though he's omniscient, that those descendants would be just as simple as the ones he killed. So it made more sense to him to say, I'm going to wipe out everyone and start over again, but God didn't do that. So the, the story literally just doesn't make sense. So if it's, so may, so if it's yeah. not the truth, it's in the Bible, are we then to take whatever else is in the Bible is not the truth as well? Well, let's say there's, I believe the truth is there was a great flood, but God didn't do it to kill everybody on earth. In fact, there are probably a lot of people living around the world. Uh, So uh, I'm just saying, we look look at the heart of what this story is telling, not that it is literally true. For example, this is the best example, as far as knowing the Bible is not literally true, in that when Joshua was fighting the battle, and they needed more light, the Jewish people more light to fight the battle, uh, the Bible says that God caused the sun to stand still. Now, we know scientifically the sun was already standing still, so God didn't cause the sun to stand still. But the Bible says it did, and then after they won the battle, the sun hastening onto its going down. Now, God may have caused the earth to stop its rotation, but God didn't cause the sun to stand still. So that's the difference between a literal and a uh, broader metaphorical understanding of what happened. But how could God cause the earth to stand still we know that if the you know we know that if we're looking at the scientific part of it the realistic part of it then this too is probably just a metaphor and not what actually happened it may well have been let me give an example of a metaphor that i'm sure is true and you mentioned sodom and gomorrah 
Now, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire and brimstone, right? Or we know the brimstone means sulfur. Yes. So this was burning sulfur. Mm-hmm. But what was sulfur widely known for in the ancient world is known for its medicinal value as a multi-purpose medication for certain internal maladies. Mm-hmm. As well, if you had a body sore, you can make sulfur paste to rub it on. It would cure the body sore. Well, sure, and we, use self- used- we also use yes. sulfur drugs today, so... Yes, yeah, okay. yes, it's still it's used to fumigate homes. If someone died of infectious disease, it was used to disinfect the home. Right. If they had life by sperm, it was used to disinfect the home. Uh, so it had multiple beneficial uses. So they, this, was, this is certainly an allegory of God raining down burning sulfur mm-hmm. on Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin, but he was not incinerating them and sending them to hell forever. He was simply purifying, metaphorically, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. So what about the story of Adam and Eve? Is this a metaphor as well? Uh, probably so. At least I don't take it yeah. literally that I explained in my book, Christian Divine Insanity, that it does make sense that God, if we take it literally, bent down, knelt down in the dust and formed Adam out of the dust, and then he breathed into him the breath of life. Well, God, in effect, did CPR on Adam, but Adam had no mouth. To uh, God's a spirit, so he had no mouth to put in Adam, and Adam had a mouth of dust and no pa- airway passage for air to go through. So this is simply a metaphorical way of saying that God gave life to Adam. So why do we still take the Bible as 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 credible if we know that it's just filled with metaphors? That basically it's nothing else but a philosophical book. Well, I think it is inspired in many ways as far as uh, uh, time after time throughout the Old Testament and the New. It talks about God's love being unconditional and everlasting. God is love, one of the definitions. God is a consuming fire. But there again, that's one that's been so misunderstood as far as God being a consuming fire, that God is not literally in a state of combustion, but it speaks of God's uh, fiery love that uh, God purifies people. And we have examples like Moses and the burning bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bush was ablaze, we're told, yeah. but it was not consumed, so that could not have been a literal fire. And the voice spoke from the bush, saying to Moses, take off your sandals, because you're standing on holy mm-hmm. ground. So what purified the ground? What made it holy? It was the fire, because God is a consuming fire. He was the one in the bush. Mm. Okay, well, let me ask you this, then. Is it any reason why people are so confused about religion, and there are so many different religions, that people are seeking the truth? And obviously, when it comes to the Bible, if they're seeking the Word of God, they're certainly not getting it. What they're getting it is is a philosophical uh, representation of the people and their thoughts way back when. Well, they're getting that, and what they're really getting is a interpretation of it, basically by Gentiles of Jewish literature and of Eastern culture. And our Western culture is much different. And, for example, Jesus spoke Aramaic. He's a, apparently a very effective Aramaic speaker, and Aramaic speakers always spoke in word pictures mm-hmm. and used the strongest language possible to try to get their hearers to feel the impression of the utterance, not that what they were saying was literally true. For example, he used many metaphors. One was he said to the nitpicking Pharisees, you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Now, that can't be literally true. No man in the history of the world swallowed a camel. So it's just a metaphorical expression of saying, don't be nitpickers. Well, we, we do the same today. I ate a ton of chicken fingers, or I ate a ton of this. Right. I drank gallons of that. So what's that 
What does that have to do with the validity of religion? And maybe it's time where we just drop religion altogether and get on as a humanistic race without the past. Well, some people say that. Atheists and agnostics uh, may be doing that. And mm-hmm. many people who believe in God aren't churchy people or religious people, uh, but they believe in the Creator and they try to live a good life and so on. And Have you heard of the movement called the Nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S? No. These are the people who respond to religious surveys. What religion are you? And they check none of the above. Right. Now, in 1990, there were like 10 million nuns. Ten years later, there are 20 million, and now there are probably 30 to 40 million nuns in this country, mm-hmm. many former Christians. Well, they're probably still Christians, but former church members. And uh, they just have had it with uh, organized religion, Can't where they're them. getting browbeaten and scared, yeah. getting the hell scared out of them by going to church. And no good sinners are going to hell. Uh, unless they accept Christ, do A, B, and C, and don't do X, Y, and Z. But is there, so is, there is, is there a hell? Where does it say in the Bible there's a hell, that when you die, if you don't follow God's golden rules, if you don't do what I say, you know, it's my way or the highway, and the highway in this case is hell. Where does it say that? Well, there's several places, but what we need to understand are the Hebrew word Sheol for the Old Testament, which just meant the grave or the place of departed spirits. There was no connotation in Judaism about God being uh, torturing people forever. Uh, there's more I can say about that, but let's move on to the New Testament, where basically the two words we need to understand are Hades, mm-hmm. which is a Greek word, but basically the equivalent of Sheol. Uh, but the rich man was supposed to end Hades, in which he was inflamed or he was in torment. So people taking things literally uh, take it as he was uh, must have been engulfed in flames. But the other word is Gehenna, which was literally the city dump of Jerusalem that Jesus used to illustrative hell. But we know that hell is not literal fire, and it's not forever, based on Jesus' mixed metaphor, which he said in Mark 9:49. And I've asked hundreds of people this question over the last 30 years, not just lay people, but pastors, priests, chaplains, seminary professors, college professors of religion, both Christian and secular. And virtually none of them have heard of being salted with fire. But ask them, have you ever heard of Jesus saying it would be better to cut off your hand or cut off your foot or gouge out your eye than to go into Gehenna where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched? Well, they all heard of that. But not the next verse, for everyone will be salted with fire. All right, so that is a... Yes. Okay, all these all these biblical passages are really great. And, you know, I, I've read the Bible several times. I've tried to make mm-hmm. sense of it several times. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to understand why God should be my father when God does everything a father should never do. Yes. You know, if, if God was to ever be put on trial for the way that he has treated the, his creations, his children, he would be arrested and imprisoned for child abuse, if he not would. murder, in, in fact, heresy. I said in my book, Spiritual Terrorism, that God is guilty of a gross abuse of power. Exactly. If all the things said of God, credited to God, in the Old Testament are true, literally true. So why is it in the year 2016 we have so many organizations that still take the Bible verbatim instead of understanding that the Bible was written by a group of people who really only knew the world around them. They didn't know the big picture. They were looking at a very focused part of the world. However, I must say, 
the greatest part of the Bible that I, I love and adore are the Ten Commandments. Because if you live by the Ten Commandments, you live a good life. So whoever God is or whoever handed the, the Ten Commandments down to whoever accepted them from wherever they were accepted, they did humanity a great favor. Yes. And if we lived by them, that would be great. The problem yeah. is many people do not live by the Ten Commandments. Uh, so we have a world where we have a lot of people, religious people, mm -hmm. and they take whatever holy book they have and they interpret it literally. And therefore you have God being a cosmic moral monster and people are living in fear of God. And I point out in my books, especially Christianity Without Insanity, how that this really negatively impacts people's lives. It's not just an academic uh, exercise and uh, just an academic disagreement, but it really affects people's lives either positively or negatively in a very profound way. And fear-based religion impacts people very negatively, and people become uh, depressed. They uh, Some are even driven to insanity. I gave the example of Andre Yates in Texas 2001 who murdered all five of her children because she said that the way she's rearing them, according to her church, mm -hmm. they can never be saved, so she killed them to send them unto heaven before they reach the age of accountability, where God would then send them to hell forever. Isn't that crazy? It is. It is. You know, it's just like in the book of Genesis, when Cain and Abel have their falling out, one brother kills the other, God puts the mark of his mark on the forehead of the brother who did the killing so that he would so others would recognize the mark and he would be protected and then what happens he wins you know he goes across the valley across the desert to the mountains where he met and married his wife in a front in another village now if you take the the math it doesn't work out like where the hell did these other people come from if adam and eve were the first two so Good I don't, question. You know, there are so many questions that theology refused to answer because it spoils, uh, should I say that? Yeah, it, it spoils the draw. It spoils the mysticism. It also puts in doubt who God is, what his real agenda is, and why people today should follow him. Well, you're right. This creates problems. But your question you had asked previously was, why do people believe this negative interpretation of God? The reason generally is they've been brainwashed from the time they're children, sometimes mm -hmm. from infancy, that this is what the Bible says. You have to believe the Bible. That's literally true. And I was taught this growing up. I was terrorized in church. If you don't believe the Bible is literally true, then yeah. you can't be a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you can't go to heaven. God is then going to judge you, condemn you, and throw you into that lake of fire and brimstone, understood to be literal fire, uh, and slow roast you alive in hell forever. But God is love. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense at all, my good but, friend. It also doesn't make any sense how we got the polar bears from the uh, the Arctic to wherever the, uh, the, you know, the Middle East, and how the penguins got to the Middle East. There are so many questions. And I remember in a book I wrote called How Do I Know the Bible Tells Me So, I, I actually did the math, two of each species. And no matter how big the ark, Noah's ark was, it was impossible for the animal species, if you take animals, reptiles, and then insects, and everything else right. that would have had to have been brought onto that ark. And when you what look... What about the carnivores? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, 
Exactly. And then you also have to take in the food factor, the amount of place right. and storage that the food would take. Don't yeah. are, are, why are why are people so gullible? Because they're taught the Bible is literally true, and if you don't believe it, you're getting condemned to hell forever. That's a powerful disincentive to not open one's mind and think and study and grow for oneself. You know, there are so many wonderful people, past and present, who are doing so much to help people. I, for one, would like to see every church, every church that owns property, artwork, buildings, uh, investment in in major corporations, for example, the Vatican owns the building in which the Montreal Stock Exchange is, and it's 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 the uh, Plaza Victoria. They own it. They also own property around the world. I would love to see the Vatican sell all their assets, every other church sell all their buildings, all their assets, and use the money for what so many people believe the money is being used for. Feed the That would certainly be revolutionary. You know, like, if Jesus Christ is the great man that so many believe that he is, or he was, and that he is on his way back, isn't he going to be disappointed? Well, he will be, and a lot of people will be disappointed when they find out that they've been way off track on that. Unfortunately, God's love is unconditional, so they won't get condemned to hell forever. They'll just be corrected and metaphorically purified by fire, Mm -hmm. because you can't escape the fire since God is omnipresent and God is fire. So unbelievers and impenitent persons will be uh, salted with fire in Gehenna, Mm -hmm. and then uh, supposed believers will also face the fire at the judgment seat of Christ, and uh, but they'll be saved through the fire, we're told. It's not a question of salvation. Uh, the Jewish people will be uh, refined by fire with the Messiah's fire, yeah. according to Malachi 3.3. Hey, Boyd, so I it's all do... metaphorical. All right, Boyd, you and I have to take a news break at the bottom of the hour. Boyd Purcell is our special guest, Exxon Nation. And uh, Boyd and I will be back as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology, in which I believe... The Bible has more paranormal examples in it than any other book written. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone. Don't go away. to the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Radio's authority on the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology. Celebrating 25 years of broadcasting. Broadcasting around the world and to the great beyond. your Exxon Weekly Horoscope for August 8 to August 15, 2016. Aries, March 21 to April 20. Simple conversations may enable you to generate some ideas for your future. New social networks may be providing you with a new venue for your talents. Your lucky numbers are 12, 23, 28, 30, 37, and 49. April 21 to May 21. 
People may try to gain from you, but you know whose heart is true and whom you can trust. Your spiritual intuition can help you feel your confidence rise. Your lucky numbers are 4, 14, 24, 26, 36, 46. Gemini, May 22 to June 21. Your ability to visualize others' ideas may bring much desired attention to you this week, but be sure not to sign anything before you thoroughly check out the contract or agreement. Your lucky numbers are 9, 10, 17, 23, 34, 44. Cancer, June 22 to July 22. Ongoing celebrations may enable you to touch base with friends and family. Heartfelt conversations often can enlighten your life and can make some great memories. Your lucky numbers are 3, 17, 20, 30, 37, 44. Leo, July 23 to August 23. Something dramatic may trigger some strong memories of the past experiences. Use your sense of humor to help you get past these feelings and push forward. Your lucky numbers are 21, 32, 34, 36, 39, and 42. Virgo, August 24 to September 23. A first step in success may be to start assuming more responsibility. Communications from a great distance may end up greatly contributing to your immediate plans. Your lucky numbers are 1, 7, 17, 24, 31, and 43. Libra, September 24 to October 23. You might need to prioritize your actions in order to make a change for the better. Keeping your objectives in mind can also help you find the right strategy. Your lucky numbers are 4, 5, 11, 13, 19, and 21. Scorpio, October 24 to November 22. You already may know exactly what you need to do. Believe in yourself and others are more likely to notice you as well. Acting more decisively helps develop your confidence. Your lucky numbers are 13, 15, 27, 29, 31, and 36. Sagittarius, November 23 to December 21. Your loyalties may be tested. You may feel like blowing up, but try to keep your emotions under control. Once you do, cooler heads can prevail. Your lucky numbers are 24, 27, 31, 34, 38, and 44. Capricorn, December 22 to January 20th. Your patience may be required in order to focus on some important personal decisions. Try looking at the bigger picture and the smaller details might fall into place. Your lucky numbers are 17, 24, 26, 38, 40, and 43. Aquarius, January 21 to February 19. Once things start to settle down, you may be able to see the current situation from a different perspective. Answers can help increase your confidence level. Your lucky numbers are 8, 13, 17, 25, 36, and 44. And Pisces, February 20 to March 20. Others may be envious of your success. The less you reveal about yourself and your plans, the better. Be careful about giving out personal information. Your lucky numbers are 8, 
12, 13, 19, 23, and 33. For the Exxon Horoscope for the week of August 8 to August 15, I'm Rob McConnell. Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at twwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And we're coming to you live and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and Talk Stream Live. My guest this hour is Boyd Purcell. And uh, we're talking about, excuse me, we're talking about religion. We're talking about God. We're talking about God or this, this entity known as God, the, the relationship that he has or she has or it has on society today. I've got a, I've got a, a couple of messages here from our listeners who sent us emails to studio at exxonradiotv.com. One says, Rob, why do you hate God? My answer is simple to you. I don't hate God. I love people. That's a very simple answer. Uh, another one says, uh, Rob, the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, blah, 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 blah. And I say to that, well, you know what? We're not sheep. We're not animals. We're not followers. We're leaders. We have brains. 
We have the ability to think for ourselves. So we do not need shepherds. Maybe in early times when humans were much more ignorant than we are today, thanks to technology and the lessons we've learned over times. Mind you, we still screw up a lot. But we don't need a shepherd because we have evolved to the point where we can take care of things ourselves. And um, here's a question for for you, uh, Boyd. You and I were discussing God, and you said God is a fire, right? Yes. One okay. of four biblical definitions of okay. God. God is love, God is light, God is spirit, God is a consuming fire. All right, so... Doesn't the isn't the devil Satan associated with the fire in hell? So is it possible that God is also the devil? That he is the Alpha and the Omega? He is the zero. He is the one. He is both. Well, I don't see it that way. Uh, Satan is a created being, according to the Bible, and but you I said eventually. The... But, Satan is going to stop sinning. God is going to destroy evil, and even Satan but, will uh, be reconciled to God. But you said not everything in the Bible is true, so what do we do? Pick and choose yeah. what we want to believe? Well, in the final analysis, uh, that's what it amounts to, but it amounts to using our mind and using common sense. But saying about common sense, uh, when it comes to common sense, it's not nearly as common as one might like to think. Uh, but at least, you know, if what makes sense to us, you know, we can believe it. And the yeah. Bible tells us, in fact, Jesus said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But if you hear nonsensical stuff, like God is infinitely merciful, yet he will torture people in hell forever, that's oxymoronic. You cannot worship that kind of God with your mind. So, so if God is also powerful, and if he is the creator, why doesn't he obliviate obliviate? Evil. Get rid of the devil so that we can live in harmony. We don't need evil in this world, but he is allowing it to happen. Well, he is, but that's the very thing that I am saying, that God is going to bring an end to evil. That's his purpose, is destroy evil, but God's going to do it without violating human free will. But what's taking so how long so it long? takes for that to happen depends on how, how strong-willed uh, we are and how stubborn we are, how pig-headed we are. How do we know that the reason Lucifer or the devil left heaven was because he didn't agree with the way God was treating his children, that he decided that this is no way for a father or a creator to treat his children? And instead of being the evil person or the evil entity that, that um, Satan has been painted over the centuries, maybe... This is why he left the heaven along with the angels that went with him. Is it possible that, yes. that this is just nothing but a big marketing ploy like, uh, like we're seeing now with the American political scene where, you know, whether you're right, whether you're wrong, it's whether the, the marketing ability and the media want you to look. Well, you ask several questions in that. So, in essence, I would say that Satan may be a metaphor for evil rather than an actual person. I'm assuming that Satan is an actual person. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I understand from the Bible, from what I consider a metaphorical view, is that uh, Satan really wanted to be God. He thought he was greater or better than God, and for whatever reasons, I don't know. But he was cast out of heaven along with a third of the angels. Now, Origen, who was the church's first systematic theologian, and believed in universal salvation, believed that we actually are 
those fallen angels whom God has given a body to strut and fret our hour upon the stage, as it were, find out that sin promises uh, pleasure but produces pain. In the end, we'll forsake evil and be reconciled to God. That's the Bible in a nutshell, and all major religions, all minor ones, which I'm aware. So is it possible that the God of yesteryear and the angels that are talked about were actually visitors from another planet, that they were well, the leaders? Yeah, if you watch the History Channel on Ancient Aliens, that well could be the case, that we've been visited by them. and mm-hmm. That wouldn't rule out God creating everything, but... Yep. Uh, Perhaps the, I think there probably is life on other planets. In fact, I've read recently that there are like 600, uh, I think 600,000, mm-hmm. at least 600, I think 600,000 planets that might well be within the Goldilocks zone, not too hot, not too cold. And that's just in this Milky Way solar system. But now scientists are talking about the uh, parallel universe. There is a parallel universe, sure. they believe, and perhaps uh, uh, multiple parallel universes, and even maybe an infinite number of them. So scientists now are talking about the multiverse rather than the universe. Well, I think at times scientists have way too much time on their hands, and instead of you know, <laughs> doing all this all this supposition and all these quantum physics theorems, they should get to the heart of the problem and solve the problems we have here now to make it better for those of us who are alive than using all this time and all this money and all these resources and what I consider to be stupid ventures and a waste of time. Why is it well, that... Well, what I would... Go sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Boyd. Well, I would just say that I believe the universe is so much bigger than what most people even begin to imagine. I I think it's mind-boggling. I can't comprehend, for example, that the universe is infinite and that you could travel forever in one direction. And uh, God was big. If there is a God, Mm -hmm. somebody there is, then it's big enough to make and rule the universe. And yet wants to have a personal relationship with each human being whom God loves with unconditional, everlasting love. And who is going to, without violating anyone's free will, destroy evil and reconcile all to God's self. And I believe mean, there's probably interplanetary space travel. There may be multi-universes. It's just going to be a fantastic thing. Based on out-of-body experiences and so on, I've read a lot of books about out-of-body experiences, what people report mm-hmm. uh, being so wonderful and grand and glorious. It's uh, Language is indescribable to experience what people do, especially in meeting the being of light, whom they intuitively know is God. Isn't, isn't, it, God isn't gives, it fascinating, yes, though, with out-of-body experiences? and astral projection and astral travel, that atheists, those who do not believe in God, do not experience experience these this phenomena. Is it possible that this is all part of our psychological programming that we are, you know, we are indoctrinated with from our very youth? And it has nothing to do with, with um, any entity that is really there, but it's all a matter of our mind the projection that we have, the will that we want there to be something great and something grand because we refuse to try to understand that, hey, this is it. We're it. This is where it starts, and this is where it ends. Well, that's one explanation, but as far as atheists, I've read cases, and I saw one atheist interviewed on TV who's had an out-of-body experience and death experience, and he said to the interviewer, I met God. And the interviewer immediately said, well, you mean you think you met God? He said, no, I met God. 
in review of his life, came back believing being a theist mm-hmm. rather than an atheist. But we also know that a fact is a fact when it comes to a person who believes something to be real, that as long as they believe it to be real, they can pass any lie detector test going because they are convinced that it is real. It may not That's be real, true. and this has been proven uh, with uh, with hypnosis and and people who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens. Just use that example that they haven't been abducted. This is all part of a psychosis because they wanted it so much. They wanted to believe it so much that in their mind it really happened. Well, if they're really, uh, that's true as far as how a polygraph works. Yeah. If you believe it's true, then you're not lying according to the polygraph. But as far as uh, believing different things, even believing or not believing in God, mm-hmm. if God is as loving and uh, magnanimous as the Bible proclaims God to be, when understood metaphorically, not literally, then people have the freedom to think and say, I believe or don't believe in God, or I believe this about God, I believe this about the earth, about science. And, and religion. Uh, we're not coerced into, by fear of eternal damnation, believing any particular thing. But isn't that just an escape goat? An escape clause that is put into everything all the way from extraterrestrial visitation to into biblical times and into the belief system that God allows this to happen because of free will. Instead of holding his feet to the fire and saying, all right, why did this happen? Well, because we have free will. Well, I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. Uh, There's a lot of bad things happen in the world as well as good things. Mm-hmm. And uh, my best explanation, makes sense to me, is that it comes to humans having free will. But God could zap everyone. God could have made us a robot so everything would be good. There'd be no evil, no sin in the world. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we do, either God's causing it or God allows it, one or the other. Or it's a matter of natural evolution, and there is no God, and God has nothing to do with anything except in the minds and hearts of the believers. That's uh, possibly true. Yeah. We have the freedom, though, to believe that uh, or not believe uh, that. Here we go with the freedom. That going to here, hell here we go with that freedom clause again. Why is it that when it comes to religion, everything is so iffy? Nothing can be proven. For example, we cannot prove there is a God. We cannot prove that many of the things in the Bible really did happen. In fact, we can prove most of them never did happen. Why is it then that we should actually take anything in any religion seriously? Well, you ask this in terms of the Bible, everything having to be so specific and cut and dried and whatever. It really doesn't have to be. For some people, they find that religion is a way to explain the phenomenon of the universe. Mm-hmm. Other people, perhaps yourself, see it in a different way and think we don't need to have religion. And if one doesn't, yeah. then uh, I'm not trying to coerce anyone to believing that. In fact, I'm very soft sell in what I believe. Yeah. But especially helping people who've grown up and been brainwashed in a literal interpretation of the Bible, what I believe has set many people free. I regularly receive emails from across the country and around the world of people who said their lives have been transformed by having read one or both of my books. One thing is really gratifying at the conference I attended, Forgotten Gospel Conference, was people came up to me and said, I wanted to meet you personally because one or both books really changed my life. It was very gratifying. Are these people who 
did not have the will or the desire to succeed on their own virtues based on their own abilities that needed a helping hand in order to achieve what they wanted to because for one reason or another, as they were growing up, they were, you know, subjected to negativity instead of the ability to think and act in a positive way? Well, they were all people who had been spiritually abused. And in fact, uh, we have hundreds of millions of people spiritually abused, as I was spiritually abused, and saying, you've got to believe this fundamental interpretation of the Bible, or God's going to damn you to hell forever. And not realizing there's any alternative to that for a more sane and sensible interpretation of the Bible, not the literal interpretation of that. So many people have been brainwashed to believe, and still are being brainwashed today, to believe this horrible conception of God. Okay, so what do we do to change it? I know we've got free will, so let's take, a, let's take free will out of the equation right now. If there is all this religious abuse, as you said, being caused, why is it then not shut down? Well, I believe we're in the process of doing that. I've said I believe we're in the beginning of a new Reformation, and ironically, the Roman Catholic Church may lead the way in this, because I said in the last chapter of my book, Christianity Without Insanity, that was in uh, September 2012, as published. Pope Benedict was the pope at that time. I said he would not do this because he was too conservative. And he did his doctoral dissertation on Augustine, who believed even babies may be damned to hell forever, or at least banished from God's presence. Uh, though the Catholic Church is really opposed to abortion because of the taking of innocent human life. That's really oxymoronic. Well, I, so I said I, a future pope. I think the only reason that the Catholic Church is opposed to abortion is because for every life they lose, they lose a source of income. Well, that part's true as well. But uh, Pope Francis was in the papal office. Mm -hmm. Of course, Benedict resigned. They didn't expect that. Uh, Pope Francis was in the papal office three months, and he made two profoundly liberating statements. Number one, there is no literal burning hell. Number two, that Jesus died for all people, so everyone is redeemed, including atheists. So I said a future pope would do this, and 2012-2013, Pope Francis did it. So the Roman Catholic Church may lead the way in this new reformation of freeing people's minds, allowing people to think and study and grow for themselves without being indoctrinated in some horrible, fearful view of God and eternal damnation. But the, the, Catholic, will, the yeah. Catholic Church is the biggest offender. Well, it has been. And it still is at this point. Mm-hmm. But, and there are a billion Roman Catholics. So we have about a billion uh, Protestants, combined Protestants, Anglicans, Eastern Orthodox. But the Catholic Church is over a billion itself. But this will help us enable people to uh, tear down walls between Christians and build bridges to them. And then, once we've done that and unifies the Christian family, we can tear down walls between people of other religions and build bridges of love to them so that we can truly love our neighbors as ourselves and stop killing people in the name of God and loving people as God has commanded us to do and showed us his unconditional love by coming in Christ, dying for the sins of the world. But he's, and he's the Savior of the whole world, not just a small part of it. So the whole world is going to be saved. Eventually we'll have universal peace, we'll have peace on earth, and evil will be no more. And that's what the holy, all the holy prophets have spoken mm-hmm. since the world began, according to the book of Acts, chapter 3. But isn't it true you lead by example? 
Yes, and I believe that's exactly what God did, if it's true that he came in Christ. That he did everything he commanded us to do as far as loving your neighbor, forgiving people. Even on the cross, he forgave his executioners by saying, Father, they don't know what they're doing. All right, so... If he would do that for them, what would he do for all the people of the world? So let me ask you this. You know, we've got a couple of minutes left here. If If Christ was God in body, why would he have to ask his Father permission when he was right there? Ask his permission. Or, you know, he, he, what did he say? What did he say? You said that he, on the cross he asked his father to forgive. Yes. So why would he have to ask anybody anything if he himself was the person? If he himself was God? Well, it doesn't that's a make good sense. Question. And uh, Trinity is a difficult thing to understand. I don't claim to understand all the uh, fullness of the Trinity. But assuming that he was a manifestation of God, I mean, since God is omnipresent, God would be in Christ, and God would be in heaven. So at least the point I'm making is that Jesus prayed for the forgiveness of those his executioners, mm-hmm. even before they had asked for forgiveness, and even before they had acknowledged having done anything wrong. And so that's well, true for everyone in the world. But you see, the Bible, also, the Bible also says that God said, let us create man in our image, in our likeness, yes. which means every one of us has God in him. So when somebody yes. does something wrong, the God factor is also responsible for any negative things that we do as well as anything positive that we do, if you believe that there is, in fact, a God and that the Bible is, in fact, the truth of which many people are now saying, it's not. Well, we have a lot of people who believe a lot of different things. And uh, you just, look, with human beings, it's hard to get two people to agree on anything. Uh, so we certainly see this in our political elections going on right now mm-hmm. here in the States. Um, so uh, people, the good news is they don't have to believe the same thing. We have freedom to think, study, grow, because God's love is unconditional. But everlasting. What good is freedom if freedom is based on a lie? That's not freedom. That's deceit. Well, yes, if it's based on a lie, that's certainly not something one should believe. Isn't that what we said, that many things in the Bible are not true? No, I didn't say they're not true. I said that literally true. I well, think well, a well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a second here. Hold on here, hold on but, here. You can't have it both ways here. There has to be a definitive line, because if if we're going to look at something as not being true, but you know, metaphorically, it can be interpreted interpreted as true. That that right. doesn't mean it's it's true. That means you're looking for an excuse to make it true. Well, Rob, I beg to disagree with you. For example, I mentioned they said of Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. with uh, burning sulfur raining down from the sky. Yeah. This is certainly a metaphorical drama that it would think God was not incinerating those cities and sending them to heaven to hell forever, but he's metaphorically purifying the cities. Here's the interesting thing. The identical word for sulfur in Greek is theon, and the same word for divine. Mm-hmm. So that's a divine substance raining down on them, or the lake of fire and brimstone, burning sulfur, is a divine lake of purification. So that's the metaphorical part. It's not literally true, but it is metaphorically true. My friend, you and I must say so long for tonight. I always enjoy sparring with you. I wish well, you. I enjoy the same. I wish you well. What is your website, Boyd? My uh, website is uh, ChristianityWithoutInsanity.com or HealingSpiritualTerrorism.com. Either one will bring you to the same website. Boyd, take care of yourself. Be safe, my friend. 
Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. ExoNation, Boyd Purcell was my guest this hour. www.boydpurcell.com is the other website that he also has. Tell me, are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Send me an email. X, uh, studio at exoneradiotv.com. I believe that the truth must prevail. If it tears down a wall, we have to tear down that wall. For example, we're still lying to our children about who discovered America. This is one of my greatest things that drive me crazy is that we cling on to the past, even though it's a lie. And that means that we are using free will to continue the lie, to continue the, the charade. I don't get it. I don't agree with it. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we talk about ghosts with Dale Kazmarek here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, gang. Don't go away. <laughs> 